Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of many of my performances on Periscope. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Bruce Springsteen. An audience is not brought to you or given to you. It's something that you fight for. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 16. Huge episode this week. Hello and welcome to all the new listeners and subscribers. Just when I thought we'd actually make it a week without losing a classic musician, Jefferson Airplane's Paul Kantner passed away. Now I get requests to learn some of the oddest songs ever that I wouldn't perform in two million years, or more likely unable to perform, but strangely enough, I've actually been getting requests for the Jefferson Airplane classic White Rabbit as of late. Upon the passing of Mr. Kantner, I gave the song a couple more listens, remembered how cool it was, and I'm still not going to cover it. I happened to have last Thursday off, so I went to Lower Town, St. Paul, with my buddy Nick for a beer and a bite. Swung by Public Kitchen, and was lucky enough to catch guitar extraordinaire Bobby Schnitzer playing a solo set. He performed Taj Mahal, Beatles, Slim Harpo, etc. I'd highly recommend looking him up and checking out a show. My addiction to the classic Minnesota band, The Suburbs, seems to be getting worse. I was going to update our break and post-performance DJ music, but nope. I had to buy the double album, Credit in Heaven. And I'd suggest you do the same. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, Brian Johnson and myself rocked out at YZ Bar and Grill in YZ, Minnesota. We always have a great time seeing our friends and having fun with the staff there. My lawyer buddy, Jim, gave me some great ideas for possible guests for upcoming podcasts. Also, happy birthday to one of our favorite friends and fans, Pam. Thank you for spending your birthday with us. Friday, I played a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater. Great dinner crowd. Tried out a bunch of new 70s tunes that we may use for an upcoming project, and they seem to go pretty well. Saturday, Brian Johnson, Dustin DeGoyer, and myself rocked out at Thirsty Otter in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. Great to see our Poco Wisco friends there and anxious for the summer season to begin. Upcoming shows. 
Tuesday, February 2nd, 2016. Brian Johnson and myself will be rocking out with Minnesota blues guitar legend Paul Mayasich at Manitou Station in White Bear Lake from 8 to 11 p.m. Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. I'll be performing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, February 5th, 2016, I'll be performing a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, February 6th, 2016, Brian Johnson and myself will be heading up to rock our faces off at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota from 5 to 9 p.m. Guest this week is part one of three with one of my all-time Minnesota musical heroes, Brian Layton of the iconic Minnesota band G.B. Layton. We discuss harmonica playing, Bruce Springsteen, Mango Jam, the state of live music, Shag, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Brian Layton, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hello, Thanks Mark. for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you for It's coming. good to see you. Good to catch up again. Yeah. Well, you know, when someone wants to come to my house and do an interview, it's easy for me to do. So. Heck yeah, man. We're at uh, Brian's beautiful place in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's about uh, 200 degrees below zero. Yeah. But it's sunny out, though, so everybody's kind of in a good mood. A little vitamin D going on, and yeah. we're just kind of chit-chatting and about the music biz and, and catching up. It's been a while, and I was actually asking Brian about his harmonica playing techniques and I was asking if he lip pursed or tongue blocked or whatever and what'd you say you memorize it <laughs> yeah I remember it's kind of like spinal tap I think of harmonica players what I do I don't really know exactly uh what I'm, I'm playing I I just kind of memorize a, a part you okay. know and and suck and blow and kind of know when I can open up a little wider to get two notes or, you know, nice. whatever. So that's, I, yeah, it's just, you know, I've never really studied it to be like a blues harp player or anything yeah. like that or whatever, you know. Or like a Neil Young or Bob Dylan kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that, you know, just kind of just doing the, just doing the harmonica sound kind of a thing, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like a, you know, a Pat Hayes of Lamont Cranston was like a Ooh. blues, you know. That's the guy that you should talk to. Oh, I love Pat Hayes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's he's great. Yeah. But you are kind of known as a harmonica guy. Now, just, just thinking about it right now, I used to have a friend of mine that would come up to me at shows and say, I can play every single GB Layton lick on my harmonica. And he'd play it or whatever. So you're kind of known as, as uh, maybe the, the Chuck Berry signature riff guy of harmonica around the area, too. So who knows? Well, yeah, I think that's more kind of like a guy coming up going, um, I know every word to row, row, row your boat. <laughs> it's it's not that complicated what I do. And God bless him that he knows everything that I do. Well, then he knows that, yeah, it's that easy. I had this girl walk up to me one time at a show, after a show, and uh, she she just walked up and she goes, you know, GCD, I can do that. I can do what you do. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, then go do it then. You know, it's like, I, I know it's easy. It's I'm, I'm, yeah, I write three chord songs. Sorry. But, you know, I, I mean, the point is I'm doing this uh, to, to write songs and to write emotions and feelings. But yeah. if you think it's that easy to just stand up there and, and do all that stuff, then get do it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, good so, luck. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes that's what it takes, you know, to just to just do it. You know? Yeah. So how was 2015 for you? Well, uh, 2015 was tough. You know, it, it started out really rough. Um, it started with a divorce, uh, and then it went into uh, cancer <laughs> again and a surgery, and I was out for a couple months and uh, had some players leave uh, because they needed to work, and I understand that and stuff. And, and Patrick kind of, uh, he was on hold f the whole time um, because, you know, I didn't know when I was going to be back. Uh, I knew my, you know, that I was going to be back, but I didn't know when or whatever. But finally, uh, yeah, we got the, the band back together and uh, started out slow. Scott from... Um, Scott, uh, the drummer, Scott Wenham, um, was in my original GB Layton band. Was he really? Yeah. He was back back at the beginning. And, uh, Didn't he play with Martin for a number of years, yeah, too? Yeah, yes. Played with Martin Zeller for a number of years, um, Gear Daddies, and then, but he lived in Austin, Texas. And when he moved, or he decided to move back to Minnesota here, and he grew up right in this neighborhood where I live. And he he uh, moved right back in the neighborhood again, and him and his wife moved back. And when he came back, I was looking for a drummer, and he was kind of looking for more of a steady thing, um, because Martin doesn't play that often as much as he's used to. You know, he lives in Mexico; it's a little harder to to, to kind of get yeah. gigs and stuff. But so you know, Scott, I said, well, I'm looking for a drummer, and and man, it's just been a great fit again, just to have Scott back again, him him and I vocalizing and. It's just amazing. I, I, we we sound like we were brothers or something. Honestly, when we sing, we we breathe at the same time, and it's really yeah. It's just it's nuts. It's cool. Oh, I mean, that's just be, that's got to be a good feeling. It for is. Sure. It is. It's really great to have. Um, when you get a new member, let's say like Scott or Patrick, do you kind of feel like the band is kind of a reboot as well? Do you get excited about that? Oh, definitely. You know, it's hard for fans sometimes. To, to see someone go it really is and I understand that and it's hard for me sometimes to see people go um I think I've only fired one or two people in my entire career as a musician you know and and it's mostly been people who've wanted to move on and do other things and and I've always let them go and do that because there's nobody out there that would say to me Brian you can't do this you know uh-huh no, I can do whatever I want to do. This is my dream, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And if they have a dream and they want to go do it, then I'm not going to stop them. You know, that's their dream, and they, they have to do it. But the, you, you, I understand when, when fans see someone go, and, and then it's a change. But change is always good, you know? And change needs to happen once in a while in order it for it to fit you know luke kramer was a certain type guitar player and he was great at what he did and he, he one of the best guitar players i've ever known in my life and he did it his way and then brett came and brett did his thing and brett was the same and you know and and had his style and had his thing and patrick now yeah he's got patrick's got his own style now and it is different it's different than Luke, it's different than Brett, but it's Patrick, and it's different. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's another phase, you know? I was watching this um, this show 
on TV. I, you know, I'm addicted to TV, and so I watch all this crap on it. But I watched that bar rescue show. Sure. And the guy was talking about how a bar needs to um, redo the inside of the bar at least every three years and maybe rebrand every seven. And I think that's true. You know, I think that people do see so much of one thing for so often. And if it only goes so far, then what? Then you keep doing that and it stays there. Or people end up doing other things and you get other people and you maybe sound a little different than you did before. Let's see where this goes. You yeah. Know? And so that's how I take every band that I've I've had where I have different musicians. It's let them... Let, I want them to start where we where we were and then I want them to be themselves in there you know and I and I give them a lot of leeway when they come in and and say this is where this is where the mood is this is where it was you know what he did before kind of do what that is but if you want to do it in your own way then do it in your own way and that way it it makes a it it completes a band then you know it's not it's not a bunch of paid guys that kind of um, get paid to, to play a certain part. Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a band. And I think any time that when you have people moving in and out and in and out, but you can welcome them in and f- make them feel like they're part of this thing, man, you're going to get so much more live on a stage than you are with just paid guys behind me or something. Absolutely. Yeah. If they can express themselves, it makes it, it, them, I would think, care more. Right. Right. And I, and I, you know, I stand up there and I, and, and I, and honest to God, you know, when Patrick started, I, I, I would turn and, and have my back to him and he'd start a solo and I would turn around like, what the hell? Cause I was expecting Brett's solo, but, <laughs> but Patrick's doing something different. But then all of a sudden, you know, you take that in and, and you listen to it and you go, you know, he's got his own style for this and he's got his own feeling yeah. for it and let him do it, you know? If I don't like something, I'll say something. If if I if I do, I always tell these guys, "You sound fucking great." You know, I really yeah. yell at them after a solo. That was awesome, you know, or whatever. I love it, you know. Yeah. So it's good. Anything they want, as long as they're in the right key. God forbid. Yeah, right. right. Well, that's my problem. <laughs> that they, I can never say anything like that because that's they would just turn their. They'd be like Brian when you point. There's. Four there are three fingers pointed back at you. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is, you know. Oh God. After all the incarnations of G B Layton, what musician has been in the band the longest besides yourself? Um well, I mean, as far as of all the okay, well Luke Kramer, I think, was the longest. Yeah, the longest, yeah. Yeah. Luke was my my kind of my right hand guy, you know. Um and he le- he he left. And uh, he went with Chris Hockey, and now he's playing with Martin Zeller and uh, the Gear Daddies. And um, um, I think Smokey now took the reign. Smokey Smoke, D. Smokey D is the longest that's been with me. He's kinda, really? Yeah, he's kind of my right-hand man now. Yeah, he's stage. a great guy. Yeah, I want to have both those guys in the podcast for sure. Yeah, they're great. They're um, great. So as far as the upcoming year, 2016, what's some things you're looking forward to um, as far as big shows? recordings, whatever? Um, you know, we're going to maybe record at uh, t- Tom Picker, my own sound guy. He's got a new bar called The Music Room up 
in uh, St. Michael there, and we might record a live DVD and a, a, and a live uh, CD up there in April. We're thinking about that. It's a great room to do it. Um, we'd love to do it there. Um, but right now we're, we're kind of recording one, one or two songs at a time, and uh, we're going to get those done and get them out and kind of put them out and just start playing them live and stuff like that, you know? And we get eight eight or so together we'll we'll just put them on a disc and sell them at a show if yep. people want to hear them or whatever but i think we'll just release them you know on itunes or whatever and just get them out there digitally and yeah let people hear them so have you been doing a lot of songwriting you did just mention when i came in that you have a new song on youtube then? yeah i got a song called life uh, uh yeah there's yeah we've been doing a bunch of new stuff um i think we've been playing five or six new songs now and we've got Probably three or four more that we've been working on and getting out. So, how has your songwriting style or subject matter, etc., changed since like 1994? Is one time, one life? Um, do you still approach it the same way? Do you experiment with different styles of songwriting? Um, how does your process go? You know, I, I was having a conversation with with uh, some guys in my band on a road trip we were taking about this and. Uh, you know, I was like, why can't a guy um, put an album out that has a little bit of everything on it? You know, seriously. Because, honestly, everybody out there likes a little bit of everything. I love a little bit of everything. I love a little bit of rock and roll. I love a little bit of country. I love a little bit of of slow songs. You know, I love a little bit of whatever, honky-tonk or, you know, Whatever it is, you know, it's like, why not? Why can't a band do a little bit of everything? And I said, I've got the, these songs, and they're so different from each other. But I said, what's the problem if you put all these on one and just go, this is a band that will give you every kind of music that you want to hear every night. Yeah, man. You want a little country? We'll give you a little country. You want a little rock and roll? We'll play a little ACDC for you, whatever. You know, I mean, we'll do that stuff. And that style of rock and roll or whatever, you know. So, what made you guys decide to do the Highway to Hell cover, Bruce? I mean, I, everything, <laughs> everything leads back to Bruce. You he can, covers Highway to Hell. He did, yeah. What? Yes. I was wondering. I saw that on YouTube or Facebook. I was wondering why you guys were covering. Yeah, that. yeah. Sounds cool, Bon Scott, man. Yeah. I, I okay. I gotta say, I love Bruce Springsteen. I really do. And and he he does find ways to do things, but. I sing the shit out of that thing. <laughs> um, what keeps you motivated to write songs? It's, it's 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 sitting down on my couch watching TV. I cry at movies. I cry at TV. I cry at feelings. I cry at uh, everything. You know, it's it's these emotions that go through me, and I often wonder why I have these strong emotions that go through me and and that make me want to write this stuff out to and and make that into a song or in, into poetry or, or whatever something like that some sort of emotion like that um I, you know i don't know it's i, I always uh, i've quoted this before but it's uh you know journey we all need the clowns to make us smile we need those people out there you know and i think i've accepted that in my life i'm one of those people I'm one of those people that when I, I write stuff to make people feel good and, and I I change people's um, 
I change people's feelings about things and emotions about things, and it, it's special. And it, 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 it's I don't take it for granted at all, at mm-hmm. all. But I've realized that I have done that in my life, and people have told me that I've done that, you know. And so, for some reason, there's like a line between me and whatever's up there, whatever God you believe in. There's a line between me and him and you. That's kind of how I feel. Like I'm getting this stuff to write and I'm getting this stuff to to spread and these people are picking up on it and and that's what keeps me driving, you know? It's like I got to keep doing that. That's great. Um, So obviously one of your main influences is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Um, Mellencamp, I believe, as well. Yeah. So... What are some other influences that might surprise some of your fans? Dr. Um, Dre? Who, yeah, no, no, yeah. James Brown. Uh, yeah. Everything by Miles Davis. No. Uh, you know. What's something about in your car that might Okay, Bodines. Bodines were one of the earliest that go. I that I, you know, uh, that I heard. Uh, my cousin played for me. The 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 suburbs, you know, my cousin played the suburbs for me. The replacements, of course. Um Danny Wilde, who was half of the Rembrandts okay. with Phil Solom. But Danny Wilde had his own album out, and I was a huge, huge, huge Danny Wilde fan. And finally got to meet Phil Solom, and Danny, uh, Phil brought Danny out to a show at Bunkers once. And I'm sitting there going, holy crap, that's Danny Wilde standing there. So I played his one song that I love the most, acoustic at the end of the night, called Time Runs Wild. And you know, you know Phil Solom, right? I know who he is. Okay, well, he's about five foot something. Well, Danny <laughs> Wilde's about five inches shorter than that. He's just a small little guy, but he's just great. I mean, he's just like my idol. And so I played Time Runs Wild. And after the show, we went downstairs, and Danny looked at me, and he goes, that's the best version I've ever heard of that song. And I was just like, oh, my God. Whoa. Yeah, that is cool. But Danny Wilde, huge, huge, huge influence on me. Just his songwriting, his voice, his uh, just, yeah, everything. His words, everything. Um, you know, uh, Don Henley. Um, man, there's just, there's there's so many there's so many that I love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tom Petty, you know? Yep. Since starting this podcast, I've really been digging into the Twin Cities local music scene. I had Hugo of the Suburbs on, and, yeah. and I just started freaking out all over, all over those guys. And one thing I'm just noticing is how much good stuff has come out of the Twin Cities music scene. I mean, studying all this old uh, replacement stuff, Westerberg stuff, suburb stuff, um, it's just refreshing. It, it's. I, do you feel proud to be successful in this business along with some of those folks? Yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I, you know, it's funny because I don't feel this like I'm part of that, but I, I, I am proud to be in this city. I don't feel I'm, I'm, I'm up to that standard of of some of those folks that uh, come out of this town yet. I hope someday I will be. But yeah, no, this is an amazing, 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 talented, talented city that we have here. Musicians, we have great clubs, great sound. I just wish we could get this live sound, you know, the live bands, the original music going back again instead of, you know, the DJs, instead of um, instead of bands having to do uh, all covers or having to do 
um, tributes. I wish yeah. we could get it back to, to singer-songwriters, you know, get it back to where it was where in the you know early 90s, I would go out and I could go to the Caboose, to the Whiskey Junction, cut over to Bunkers, go to the Fine Line, you know, hit all those bars in one night and see four or five original bands and doing original music. And that's what strove me, you know, drove me to do all that, you know, to do that original stuff. It was to go see those other guys. It made me want to be better. It made me want to write better songs. It made me want to do, you know, Shag. I wrote Shag because of Mango Jam. I went to South nice. Mango Jam at the Caboose and the whole crowd was jumping up and down. And I went home and I said, I need a song that'll get my crowd jumping up and down like Mango Jam. And that's why I wrote Shag. And that's what my crowd still does. They jump up and down. And I got to tell that to the singer of Mango Jam once. I, we, we, got, we ran into each other, and I got to tell him, I go, you, you were the inspiration behind that song. And he laughed, you know. It was funny. But that, that's what it did for me, you know, when I was a singer-songwriter trying to be something. That's what it did for me to go out and see these original acts. It, it made me strive to be better. And now it's like everybody wants overnight success. Everyone wants American Idol. They want the voice. They want to be overnight success. And it's like, no, get out there and let's work. Let's do this, you know. Let's let's stop this this DJ stuff. Let's get these live artists back out again. Let's dance again. Even if we have to go down in a cover or something, you know. If we have to if we have to go down in money at the door or something, uh, you know and get these people to come back in again and enjoy live music again and enjoy uh, what people are creating again. To me, that's what we need to do in this town again, really. Okay. Um, do, are you optimistic that it could happen? Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, yes. That I'm, I wouldn't be doing this still if I didn't believe in it, you know? I, I could be a DJ. You know, I could, I could be a, a tribute band. I could be a Bruce Springsteen tribute band if I wanted to, yeah. you know, which I might do just to do for fun, yeah. but I'm not going to do it every time I do it. You know, I, I would do it maybe for fun one or two times a year for fun, but I want to be original and I want to be, I want to write and I want to create and I want to get these kids that are coming up to, to do the same thing, you know? And, uh, to me, yeah, I think we can change this around again. I think we can. I think we can get bars to believe in live bands again, you know? And, and they've they've lost it in us somewhere. I don't know where, but they've lost it, I think, in us. Um we got to we got to get them back again on our, on our on our shoulders and and get this going because you know, it's it's important. Live music and and especially, you know, this community, Minneapolis, St. Paul, the the arts that we have here. We need we need this you know, we have Bob Dylan, we have uh, Prince, The Replacements, Soul Asylum. I mean, how many great artists do we have, you know, that come from Minnesota that are amazing, you know? And we need to keep that going. You know? I agree. I'm not saying it's, it's got to be me. I'm just saying I want to keep it going so it is somebody. You know, Johnny Lang, whatever, you know. I, I you know. I went out with him on tour when he was 15 years old, 16 years old, you know, you know, how does that feel when you're 30 to watch, you know, <laughs> this guy, you know, going crazy and it's like, shoot, man, I want that, you know, 
but it's great because it, it does something for us. It does something for our community and, and, and who we are, it says who we are, you know? We well, got, that, that's great. Well, Brian, um, my podcast can only be about a half hour long, so <laughs> do you mind doing at least a part two and whatever? Yeah, right on. Okay, story behind the song segment this week with Mr. Brian Layton. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about earlier in the podcast about Shag. Yeah, I heard I heard Mango Jam was playing this song. I don't know the name of the song, but I just remember being in the crowd at the caboose watching Mango Jam, and uh, the whole crowd was jumping up and down, up and down, up and down. And I was like, okay, I got to get one of these up and down songs. <laughs> I got to write something like that, you know. So my uh, my bass player at the time, Johnny Vincent, he had this uh, slang dictionary, and he had it uh, in the in the van once we were driving somewhere and I said, Hey, can I borrow this? And he's like, sure. So I borrowed it for a while, but I found like a lot of titles in there to different songs, but one of them was shag. And it was, you know, um, this, this term about kind of having an orgy, you know? Yeah. And I thought okay. pre Austin powers, right? Yeah. Pre, <laughs> yeah. Way pre, way pre, way pre, uh, shagan wagon too, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, so yeah, I just I just kind of came up with the uh, line, you know, go, go downstairs, turn, turn out the lights, pull down the shades, turn out the lights. Wait, no, pretend it's night. <laughs> yeah, go downstairs, turn out the lights, pull down the shades, pretend it's night. Take our clothes off, throw ourselves a shake, and then the jumping, jump, 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 jump. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it was, you know how it started so yeah no it was just kind of a fun song you know to, to write it was it wasn't really a personal song it was <laughs> wasn't everything that ever happened to me uh personally but i thought well i gotta have a fun one to jump up and down to so that being on your first album one time one life how was the recording process for that song or that first record you must have been pretty young weren't you yeah i was real young it's doing every wednesday at bunkers there and uh we were recording at uh, Metro, which then was Orphan. It's it's down, it's right across the street from uh, J.D. Hoyt's Monte, Monte Carlo there. Um, we were recording down in there, and uh, uh, Greg uh, Craig was the uh, producer on that, and uh, he, would, he would come to Bunkers, and we would get done, honestly, at, uh, you know, 1 o'clock, We'd get our stuff out of there by two or stuff, and me and Craig would, Craig Berry, we would go to the studio, and I'd sit down at like at the piano and sit down at the guitar, and I'd we just we would just record stuff. Are just, you serious? Yeah, it was awesome. It was just crazy. Like that's how young that's how I it was. Should be. That's great. Where my voice was that strong, where I could you know keep going. You know, it was like nuts. Now, if I think about that, it's like crazy. You know. <laughs> oh my but, gosh. No, it was great. That's in we we would sit and mic a grand piano and I would just sit and come up with ideas and that's where like time to go, you know, on that album, One Time One Life. That that was all like three thirty in the morning, you know. I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Wow. And say goodbye is another one that yep. happened way late, you know. So it's um. cool. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. 
Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Take our clothes off, throw ourselves a shade.